0: Hey there guys, alright, before we start into this episode, just one last final reminder. We are doing Avengers Endgame, we will be discussing that this week. There will be spoilers. If you are one of the three or four people who have yet to see this movie in America, um, do not listen to this episode, just skip it. Uh, come back to it later, enjoy it later, but for until you get a chance to see the movie... Just skip around it, there will be Avengers Games. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Game of Thrones, you know, Usual Suspects, Wizard of Oz, all sorts of things that if you don't want spoiled, you really should be careful and not listen to this. Alright, on with the show. What do you get when you mix Beer Bellies, America's Ass, and holy shit... You get 3,000 good reasons to watch movies after work. <laughs> hey there, guys. This is Thomas Green. And this is Alex Duez. And this is Movies After Work. And, of course, we are talking today about Avengers Endgame. Yes. Just jaw-dropping. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Left and right. My hands still hurt from the applauding. My yeah. throat is still a little sore from all the screaming that we did in the theater. That
1: was, as a person who is not a sports fan that is the closest I will get to rooting for a home team yep. at a, at the biggest, most important game that they will ever play.
0: Yes. As somebody who does not follow sports myself, I have to imagine that that's along the lines of, of what they experience when they're watching, you know, Super Bowl, Stanley yeah. cup, um, whatever it is for baseball
1: <laughs> world series. Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, I could uh, be making that up. You know, if you're <laughs> you're into soccer, you overlook the corruption for FIFA for, for like half a day, you know, whatever it is. Um, well, I mean, we went to, we had the privilege of going to
1: a 5 p.m. fan screening in Pittsburgh. Um, so it was the earliest show you could go to. You'd hope that it was the most passionate fans um that you know that are in the area. And boy was it. It 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 was almost impossible for me to hold my popcorn because of the amount of times I had
0: to put it down to clap with the I yeah. I I left it and I'm sure you noticed I pretty much only held my popcorn when it was clearly just going to be talking. Yeah. At any time (laughs) when it seemed like any time when it seemed like something was gonna happen, I put my popcorn down. Yeah. In anticipation for the fact that I was going to have to start clapping and going, oh, yeah, yeah, Whoa! <laughs> um, and it was well worth
1: it. I oh, mean, it was absolutely. I, I don't know of a time that I had such an exciting movie-going experience. Um, I unfortunately saw Infinity War at like an eleven o'clock screening, so mm-hmm. all the people who were sobbing along with me and at the five p.m. screening, I'm sure. I would be right at home with them at eleven o'clock. Yeah. And I looked like the weirdo because it was just the people who kind of wanted to see it at that
0: point. The people that wanted to see it, but probably at that point, most of them had actually got accidentally got most of it spoiled, so they're just yeah. watching it because they already bought the tickets. Yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> before we really, really dive into the to the crux of the movie itself, we do have to uh, talk about things that are not worth it. And that's this week's movie trailers. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with <coughs> Gemini Man, a.k.a. Black Logan, uh, a.k.a. Looper for Dummies. Yeah.
1: This, I don't even know where to start here. This is Ang Lee doing an action movie, which the last time we saw him do that,
0: we got the Hulk. Um, and this No, no, is... that's not true the last time we got that we got the uh the Billy's long halftime walk or oh whatever the God. hell that movie was that most theaters went you know what we'll we're not even going to yeah. waste our time we're not kidding ourselves <laughs> i mean
1: i don't mean to knock angley as a director but i don't trust him to direct an action film that it's i don't know what this film wants to be like it looks like it wants to be iRobot, it looks like it
0: wants to be It wants to be Logan and Looper. That's what yeah, it wants yeah. to be. It wants to be those two movies. Um it, it's we're and we're going to finally experience what happens when clamoring for an Oscar Will Smith mm-hmm. and I love getting money, Will Smith <laughs> collide yeah, in one movie. That's that's what we're going to get. Yeah, well, uh,
1: it's it's really disheartening to see Will Smith in the past couple years because he wants to be a YouTube star, which he can't do as well <laughs> as Jack Black doing five minute bullshit like mm-hmm. shit posting videos, yeah. which are really well edited, really well produced, like as at-home, kind of amateur as Jack Black wants to be. I think he's he's a lot smarter but they, on YouTube page. But they he...
0: work because it's essentially the new version of those HBO Tenacious D shorts. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's essentially... He basically just took that whole formula and... Turned it into a weird, like, pseudo documentary of himself. Yeah. It's like,
1: and his kids. I think, yeah. I think him and his involving his kids. Is... Uh, well,
0: I love the. I think they were playing one of the Lego video games, but it was him and Karen Gilliam mm. on break from filming the second Jumanji. Jumanji yeah. I think it was the second Jumanji. And it's just the two of them essentially hanging out playing video games with yeah. some. with like what almost seems like the phone just propped up on something. <laughs> and I. I couldn't look away. But yeah, every single time I see the Will Smith's bucket list, I go, yeah. oh, that's I that, that's got to be a sad list. <laughs> I mean, and... Win uh, Oscar. Have child I can be proud of. Win but, respect of wife. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I kind of wanted to divert to Jack Black's YouTube video just because... YouTube page, because I just wanted to talk about something more entertaining than this trailer. But like, he... His younger version... That he is playing, in mm-hmm. particular, doesn't even sound like a person. It doesn't sound like a human
0: being. Which he's I'm playing... guessing that's what they want. They want him to seem sort of... In hu- to... Like, he, he's been raised not to feel... Yeah. Except for dramatic moments.
1: I mean, but it also seems like he is... His younger self is, like, naive. And, like... Yeah. Somehow, like, not a trained assassin. Like, mm-hmm. he, he seems compassionate. Like, you took a person and made another person. Like yeah. he And, none and of he's his, already
0: got the tears coming down his face. Because, again, Oscar bait Will Smith. <laughs> they, they sound just not...
1: It doesn't sound like anything a human being would say.
0: Real, um, this movie is going to continue something that we learned with Valerian. And I think it was called Anon mm-hmm. that was on uh, Netflix. Which is, if it's science fiction and they cast Clive Owen, run away. <laughs> run away as fast as you can, because no matter how many parts might be good, like a good idea or a good casting mm-hmm. choice, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Just no. Just avoid it. Um, although I will say the trailer for this is less painful to watch than the TV spot that they put out for Aladdin, where we get more of him. Uh, Will Smith really really trying to f- really forgetting that he can't rap yeah and trying to like talk sing friend like me mm. and it's very clearly him just like I oh, shit right singing singing I'm gonna oh no shit singing singing I'm gonna start rapping oh no shit damn. shit we only get one why do we only have one take what do we blow the budget on The direct... What do we blow... Me? We blew the budget on me. Okay. That's why we can't afford a second take. Okay. Well, fuck it. This is just gonna have to work. I don't...
1: I've avoided all other marketing material for that movie. I'm sure at some point, maybe one day, my kid will see the genie on Disney Plus service and I will be
0: forced to sit down and watch it, but until that day, I'm I'm not. Now, see... I'm going to be a good parent and not let my kids control the TV when it comes to them trying to put shit on it. Um, my kid wants to watch something that's stupid. I'm going to be like, no, that sucks. Let me show you what good stuff. Cause I remember me as a, I remember like 11, 12 year old me, 11, yeah. 12 year old me thought that they thought that the star Wars special editions they released in the late nineties mm-hmm. were good and enhanced the movies. Yeah. You know, I thought the Matthew Broderick Godzilla was good. Yeah. Eleven, twelve year old me, if I could go back in time, I'd put him in a coma. <laughs> I mean Make go... him come out at like nineteen so that way I'd wake up and be like, Okay, we're gonna get you all caught up on everything. Yeah. And hopefully there'll be enough good movies out that you're not gonna watch these and think they were angry. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the dream.
1: We'll just go back to our uh, Little Monsters review. And you'll understand
0: children making uh, bad decisions when it comes to watching future films. Because Howie Mandel's under their bed trying to do a (laughs) Beetlejuice impression? Okay, so... To get past Gemini Man. So, Gemini Man, I probably won't even realize it's out in theaters when it's out in theaters. Um, absolutely not. But more than that, we have found on a couple of different occasions that when we have to postpone... A planned, you know, our our recording day when we have to postpone it. Occasionally it lucks out and it gives us a little bit more to talk about for an episode. Yeah. Uh, Last time was the Star Wars trailer. This time... (sighs) Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, we both play video games. Do you have any affinity for Sonic the Hedgehog? Because I do not. Oh my god, yes
0: I do. Okay. I played all the I here's how much of a Sonic fan I was. Mm-hmm. I defended Sonic 3D Blast. Okay. And if anybody is listening and remembers that game, you know that's how much of a fan I am. Nobody <laughs> nobody defends anything after Sega C, Sonic CD. Sonic yeah. CD was the end. Yeah. That was like the grand finale and then after that Fuck it all. So, so this offends you as a Sonic fan.
1: This should offend everyone as people with.
0: This offends me, me as someone with eyes.
1: <laughs> That's it boils down to that. I mean, the- if you want to go back to kids being stupid and having poor taste, I thought the Shadow the Hedgehog was a great addition to
0: the Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, oh alert. my god! <laughs> what if we spill blank black ink on Sonic and we give him a gun? <laughs> Here's a blank check. Yeah, go make that money. You're gonna
1: you're gonna entertain a lot of ten year olds who probably yeah. shouldn't play with Sonic. Do not gonna... have the right to have
0: opinions. Um... <laughs> and uh, that is too. <laughs> that as well. Um, no, I grew up playing the games, and it wasn't until they were trying to like revamp the franchise mm-hmm. post Sega gaming consoles. It wasn't until then that they took him out of his you know his fantasy world ahead like um oh totally like Emerald Hill I okay. think was the name of the the main level that you play but yeah. or like the the first level not the main level but you were in this fantasy world you weren't on Earth okay. you weren't in America yeah you weren't in But fuck nowhere for budgetary reasons yeah. <laughs> um but like it, it what kills me is the the biggest the like the number one thing that Sonic fans will tell you made them say fuck you to the franchise was when they made with they made one Sonic the Hedgehog game that was supposed to be a revamp to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Not only is the game shit but he ends up in an animal-human relationship yeah, Sonic where he's sense. awoken by the kiss of the princess, yeah. the human princess. And that's generally considered by Sonic fans to be the moment that we just went, okay, we just officially like beheaded him yeah. and burned the corpse and yeah. spread the ashes all across the globe. That's how much we just made sure that he was dead and never coming back as Sonic the Hedgehog. So from... like. Immediately, I know that it's not fans of the franchise when they say, let's take Sonic, to put him by himself on Earth, surrounded by humans. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is, we, this trailer,
1: it's Jim Carrey trying to reclaim the Jim Carrey
0: of Ace Ventura, trying to be completely over the top. Here's the thing, though I don't think Jim Carrey gives a fuck. Anymore. No. I think this is Jim Carrey not giving a fuck. I don't think I, I don't think anyone I think, involved in this film. Gives I think a the fuck. Wh- I think the whole time he's doing this, he's thinking, "Well, I can buy a lot of paint and canvases <laughs> for my paintings. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do after this movie." Well, if you see, there's like a side by side
1: of James Marsden driving around Sonic in this trailer and driving around Hop the the the. EV oh, that's from I Hop. totally
0: forgot that. He and was I'm like. In that.
1: You, they literally—it looks like what they a terrible recycled footage. Cast. Yeah, it that's looks a... like
0: they recycled footage from Hop into this. Into Jesus, this film. that's like the worst typecast ever. <laughs> even even Neil Patrick Harris knew, like, do two, but yeah, keep it the same, it's... and then bail.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone involved in this film gives a shit. And honestly, to me, what it feels more like than anything else is Green Lantern. Because I know, for a fact, when they show Jim Carrey at the end of that trailer mm-hmm. as Dr. Eggman, who now is Mr. Robotnik or, what,
0: or Dr. Robotnik well, okay. or whatever. Okay, in the, in, the, in the original games and comic books, he was Dr. Robotnik. Okay. And then it was like episode 50 of the comics, I believe. Okay. It was like the four-part endgame. I know my shit. <laughs> um, he gets killed. Um, okay. he basically kills him. Yeah. He, he, he inadvertently kills himself through trying to kill Sonic. Gotcha. Uh, so he's gone for a while and then a, um, sort of AI with his memories and whatnot called Eggman. Okay. Shows up later on in the, con- so. Gotcha. And originally when he, when he's a human, he's Dr. Robotnik. Then there's a robotic version of him that's Dr. Eggman. You'd think the robot version would be Dr. Robotic.
1: Anyway, like, that shot at the end, him,
0: like, oh, now he looks like the villain that you care about. Now he really looks like, and it looks like he's in the world that you actually want the movie to be in.
1: That is 100% the ending of Green Lantern, where Sinestro finally puts on the fucking suit, and you're like, No, no one gives a shit about... Um, parallax, who you didn't make faithful to the to the to the comic. No one gives a shit about the the guy with the big head, who I'm blanking on the name right now. didn't matter like it didn't exactly <laughs> it didn't matter. if you had made this movie about Sinestro being the villain, who you should have the entire time, like it would have been so much better. but anyway, um, any other thoughts on I
0: mean Sonic, the the
1: design is terrible it it's
0: the it design is scary. Like <laughs> the design is scary. The music choice was weird because mm-hmm. nothing says kids movie like Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> and I say it that way, not to be offensive, but, but to point spelled. out the stupidity of the song <coughs> choice. Yeah, yeah. Because um, literally all they're doing, they're trying to market it to people my age who grew up playing those games. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that we look at this movie and we go, what the fuck are you people doing to yeah. this? Um, I mean if 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 nothing else, you should be looking at this trailer and saying, Where's Tails? Like I like I'm not gonna lie, don't care. <laughs> Fuck Tails. He's always in the way. You know how many times? <laughs> you know how many times in Sonic 3 I got stuck on the fucking carnival level because that little shit <laughs> couldn't do his job. Mm. You know how many fucking times, you know how long i was stuck on I that mean, knuckles shadow anyone like
1: i like, know i know shadow is blasphemous it's like it's like scrappy for scooby-doo fans but like
0: shadow can go fuck himself <laughs> knuckles absolutely it, yeah like... i'm all about having knuckles tails don't really give a shit you need him there at some point he's the robin to, yeah. to sonic's batman but sonic and knuckles those are the two that you want around i like the casting of ben schwartz as the mm-hmm. voice of sonic i yeah. do I never thought I would say this, but this movie really makes me wish John Goodman was still fat because him (laughs) is Dr. Robotnik. Because Dr. Robotnik's supposed to be fat. Yeah. So that's part, that to me is the biggest thing that makes no sense with Jim Carrey in the casting is that Robotnik is fat. Mm -hmm. And like I think of how John Goodman looks. You put him on that face and you let him just be cartoony, kind of like what he was with the Borrowers movie that he was in with Jim Broadbent. And you've got Doctor Robotnik. And I mean, the, and literally, the, if the only thing you changed about this movie was John Goodman is Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, that's the only thing you changed. I would actually consider going to see this movie. Well, I could I could play you one even better for a for
1: for an audience this year wanting to go out and see a movie like that. Zach Galifianakis. I think Zach Galifianakis as Dr. Robotnik and let him be as stupid as you want him to be, I think that that would work just as well.
0: Maybe. Maybe.
1: Uh, if you're looking for a tubby guy
0: who can be funny and can pull off that look, mm-hmm. I, I think Zach Galifianakis fits that role. I do, but I want to see John Goodman doing that yell interrupting <laughs> that um, <laughs> that Jim Carrey is doing at the beginning of the trailer. Yeah. I Also, this they, this movie clearly has no sense of comedic timing already you can tell that Mm -hmm. because you get that moment where Robotnik does his old spiel and then like calls to his guy and his guy goes the doctor thinks you're basic
1: yeah
0: and they don't leave a moment they don't leave a breath in there Mm -hmm. they don't like it literally should have been like tell him walks off never breaks eye contact with Neil McDonald, and then finally after he's off screen the doctor thinks you're basic. Like, just a pause. Instead of like, tell him what he said, the doctor thinks you're basic. <laughs> you're just like, blo- like it's like you don't even think this joke's going to be funny, so you just want to yeah, get it over they're with just as barreling. quickly as
1: possible. Yeah, they're just barreling through. Anyway, let's, I mean, that honestly might have to be an episode just just for the... Uh,
0: we might go see Sonic. <laughs> Just so that way we can, just so we can come back and have an entire episode that's just us going, fuck the world. (laughs) I mean, Um, yeah, if if people want to listen to about an hour of screaming,
1: (laughs) then, uh, you know, they could listen to our Sonic, uh,
0: Sonic the Hedgehog review. Yes. Yes. That's, um, that is definitely one for us to be considering. Um, (laughs) but yes, on to the main event. Avengers end game. 11 years. 21 movies preceded it. Mm-hmm. We finally got the movie. Disappointed, there was no Howard the Duck. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: There is Howard the Duck.
0: Where was Howard the Duck?
1: He is in the battle scene at the end. There are screen caps, the screen grabs of him. I shit you not. He is in the battle
0: at the end. Well, he is he holding a gun. Is not prominent he, enough. He did not have a spotlight. He is not prominent <laughs> enough for it to count. <laughs> you can throw a CGI, but I want. I want to see Howard the Duck flying through the air, blasting a gun, going like, quack attack or something really stupid. No, like, well aware of how stupid the character is. Just doing something like that. Like, I've got this gigantic um, Howard the Duck comic. It's like 11 by 14. It's like a mini poster-sized comic book. And it's him... Doctor Strange, I think the Hulk and like two other characters, <laughs> and it's him leading the pack, running at the, the at the reader. Yeah, and I'm just like, I want that shot with Howard <laughs> the Duck, because you're gonna get the audiences just like, oh, this is, oh, eleven years, eleven Howard the Duck, why, <laughs> why? So, <laughs> and then again, just like with Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll be the only one in the theater laughing and clapping and going, yay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this film what, like we said at the start of the episode this was the best theater experience I've ever had yeah this to me I don't know if this is my favorite MCU film but it is the most satisfying
0: yeah it is the Well, and I was gonna say for your expectations um does it meet exceed or fail them it Absolutely exceeds expectations. Same. And that's even before, for me, factoring in the audience experience. We...
1: I'm so glad that we don't have... Like, I do not envy having to write this film. Because... Oh my god, God, no. This was... There was a hundred ways this could have gone wrong. And it went so right in so many ways. Like, I... I don't have really any like we could sit here and talk about how the time travel in the movie works, but that is such like a, it is a device of that
0: film and to, to try to pick it apart. I don't even think you can't like, but here's see here. Here is where to me, the, the brilliance of the brilliance of the time travel to me is not in the time travel itself. Mm -hmm. It's in what they did to kind of preempt themselves. Yeah. Because, to me, all of that Back to the Future, all the Back to the Future jokes and yeah. references at the beginning, it's literally, to me, the writers of this movie going, y'all, every single year, pretend that October 5th, that it's that year that was in Back to the Future yeah. 2, which you all say you hate, <laughs> so don't fucking bitch about us having time travel when yeah. you guys are still stroking off the second <laughs> part of a trilogy that you claim to not like. That's what that was to me. Yeah. It was just them being like... So Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Back to the Future lied to me. Um, it was... I, I think... So
1: much of this movie felt so meta. And it felt like... If, if this was an incredible film... Mm-hmm. And being a fan of the MCU for as long as you and I have... Like, I'm 26... Mm -hmm. The MCU has been in my life
0: for over a third of my life. Like, it is... Well, I'm 31. It has been in my life for a third of my life. It's been... And I
1: cannot wait until my kid gets older and I can... Like, we can sit down for... I mean, at that point, a month, to watch one I, movie a day and just show him this is what I grew up on.
0: I'm legitimately waiting for the day that you text me and go, dude, my my son, he he just said Iron Man 2 was good. I, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? With it? Like, and me texting back, like, just, he'll learn. <laughs> just give them time give them more movies iron Go man large. 2 is not the worst no no either. i I, do, I that's the thing is for me it's hard to pick a worst of all the franchise I mean, even the worst of
1: the mcu is better by miles than so much of its contemporaries mm-hmm. like it is like i said the mcu has been with us for a third of my life now and yeah. it's having such a satisfying conclusion And, like, to talk to people who maybe aren't as aware as we are, like, uh, some some guy I was working with today, he was talking about how he was sad that the Hulk didn't have some moment where he got to say Hulk smash. And I'm like, that is such a little nitpicky thing. Mm -hmm. And also, this wasn't about the Hulk. And the Hulk had his moments to shine, but this was a movie of a conclusion of Iron Man's story, a conclusion of Cap's story, a conclusion of Black Widow's <laughs> A conclusion
0: story. of a lot of different things. And the th- and yeah, we don't... There's nothing about this movie that says the Hulk is done. And I think yeah. Mark Ruffalo himself has made reference one way or another to his excitement to continue making yeah. movies with the MCU. I don't think he's done. Well, we we
1: have three major players who are... ...out by the end of the film. And I think it implies a fourth. Because um, Black Mm -hmm. Widow being out... Iron Man being out... And uh, Captain America being out... Mm -hmm. I think that allows Hawkeye... To then be done... And truly be with his family. And I think if they were to keep Black Widow alive... Like we talked about... You then have a story reason to bring Clint back. You know this is this is yeah. Natasha talking to you. We need you for this mission, but to not but have it, Natasha there anymore.
0: Yeah, and the we the, won't see Clint today. either. The writers or the directors have confirmed that just because you give the soul stone back yeah. does not mean you get the soul of the person back. Yeah. So <clears throat> Natasha and Gamora still gone. Yeah. They are. they are still they are they are out of the picture. So what what is your um theories on Gamora
1: because we do not see her at the funeral and we don't see her in the uh in the ship at the end. And with Tony's snap, you know, all of Thanos and his army are gone. But at that point Gam- we don't see Gamora from that point on. Um so I don't know if that implies that she is gone with the snap because in my mind I I think a possibility of the snap was send everyone back to their time. And I, I think that's, you could either see it as just destroy all of Thanos army and anyone who's loyal to him, or you can see it as don't ever let the, you know, send these people back to their time. Don't give them the ability
0: to come back. Well, I think with, um, with the returning of the stones that cap does that probably gives less incentive for Thanos to do time travel gobbledygook gotcha um, <laughs> I appreciate for, that <laughs> yeah it's what I do um, but we do have alternate timelines you know we have a we have a timeline where cap and peggy spend the rest of their lives together we have a timeline where our universe. you know we at this point we have this movie created a bunch of alternate universes yeah uh, which You know, that might be how we, you know, the Black Widow movie that we're supposed to be getting. It might be a prequel. It might be set in an alternate universe where Clint is the one who, um, who dropped on the clip, you know, sacrificed for the stone and she lived. You know, there are lots of possibilities there. I don't Um, think they'll, they'll dive too much
1: into that. I think they'll leave their alternate timelines alone in this movie just because that Sorry. opens the door too much to well now we can have iron man in here because this is this isn't world whatever mm-hmm. this is this is the world next world over
0: um but most of those worlds <clears throat> things aren't going to be like this is this is the only the timeline that we are in mm-hmm. It's the only good timeline. It's yeah. reverse community. Yeah, <laughs> it's reverse community. There's only one good timeline. Yeah. All the other ones are bad timelines. <laughs> um, so I think that's also going to play a, a huge factor.
1: I uh, I heard something interesting today where uh, that it, someone was speculating that the Black Widow movie, maybe not entirely, but some of it takes place in that five years where she is kind of the head of what becomes I can see the that. S.H.I.E.L.D. Avengers um, organization. And I I wouldn't want to dwell in there for too long, because that is a, that is a dark time in the mm-hmm. Avengers lineage. Um, but definitely I think it would be interesting to maybe end the film there.
0: I think that could be your bookend. Mm-hmm. You could have the movie start and end in that space. Yeah, use it as a framing device. Um, yeah, you can use it for the frame. But, I don't know. I... I was just—I really—I was pleasantly shocked constantly throughout this movie. Yeah, at the the chances that they took, the the leaps that they made. I mean, to ninety 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 five percent of this movie, te, you know, ten years ago, if you had tried to make a movie like this, in any capacity, it wouldn't work you wouldn't get away with it and yeah. you like even the biggest comic book fans would flip you off and walk away. <laughs> um like I mean can you imagine any other franchise in the world? Like I wanna I wanna see Fast and Furious when they come to their tenth and hopefully final film yeah. go, Hey what if we give uh, Vin Diesel a beer belly? <sighs> Well, we well, we give him a beer belly, and so the whole time they're flying out in space in their space cars, he's, uh, you know, his gut's getting in the way of the wheel. <laughs> you know, he's trying to turn the wheel, but it's, like, hooked on his, uh, on his jacket because his jacket's so far out because he's fat now. Yeah, and, what? yes, that's exactly how I think the writer of Fast and Furious talks. I think he talks exactly like the guy on a reality show that you immediately think, "Well, he's a fucking idiot." <laughs> I so much of this movie
1: to me seems meta and like for us to find mm-hmm. when when Hawkeye is talking to his daughter and he says, "You know where you're going. Let's see how you get there." Or let's you know, let's talk about how you get there. That seems to me like Kevin Feige You know, presumably knew what the end of the MCU or or Mm -hmm. what this film looked like. And it took us 11 years and 21 films to get here. And it is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. And Black Widows, uh, when we finally see Professor Hulk, which is one of the best parts of this movie. (sighs) The entire discussion between him and Natasha sounds like a meta narrative for this movie being made when, she, when he, uh, they, they're talking to him about time travel, and he goes, it's not really my area of expertise. That sounds to me like, this is the Marvel Universe talking about, we've done 21 movies and never once tackled time travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of in Doctor Strange, but that was very limited to his manipulating time. It was more a time loop than time travel. Yeah. Like, that to me sounds like, these, these are writers and directors tackling something they haven't tackled before. Damn. And... When um, Natasha looks to him and she goes, well, you didn't think this could be done a couple years ago? I'm like, no. No one would have fucking expected Professor Hulk a couple years ago.
0: Even five, even
1: during Thor Ragnarok,
0: we would all be shocked we by were Professor all, Hulk. People I remember, you can still go on YouTube and see um, trailer reactions mm-hmm. for when that second trailer came out. And they've got and, Hulk and, doing Hulk the whole talks. like, me like fire, you like smoldering water, water. Me yeah. a smoldering and you see people like jaw dropped eyes wide going yeah. oh my god he can talk yeah what in the world and yeah now we've got him he's talking he's got glasses yeah. on he's smiling laughing i mean like... during endgame it
1: was it was like shocking and exciting for a moment and then yeah. it was just him for the rest of the film yeah and we accepted it as much as we accept thanos being you know the big bad and it doesn't look like a cgi character anymore it looks like a part of the world
0: yeah we just kind of embraced it and i mean we embraced it and we moved forward and yeah i mean that was a constant thing with this film that was fantastic was it was easy to embrace everything uh i loved the moment with the five year later reveal because it really did kind of Take, it, it was a, that was a big curveball to expectations. Yeah. Cause the whole time, like, I'm just sitting there thinking like, this is so weird. Like what? Yeah. Like, and then that happened and I just was like, okay, I really just need to be along for the ride. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's one thing that I didn't love the,
1: the, I've seen the movie twice now. Yeah. That's one thing I didn't love the first time watching it was it looked like we were getting our players in place. So quickly, and I did appreciate not having not not having that Captain Marvel post-credit scene in here, but it was also like it was also like a fuck you to anyone to the people who didn't see Captain Marvel. It's like no, you're gonna watch every episode of our 22,
0: um you know, 22 episodes series. Like, well, to Marvel's credit, they did release. Like, all of the post-credit scenes. Oh, really? On Like, if you went on their Twitter account, they posted all of them. Oh, okay. So you got to see, you know, Nick Fury talking about the Avengers Initiative. Yeah. Tony Stark talking to Ross. Gotcha. You know, Finding Thor's Hammer. All the way up into that scene that we all thought was going to be an endgame. Yeah. And then it wasn't, which I loved. Because we had the whole, like, people got so pissed when... You know, the there was that the whole Ant Man post credit was just yeah. a scene that literally they just took out of
1: yeah, well it's Civil it, War. It seemed like you're on like when we see Captain Marvel saving Tony Stark, mm-hmm. it's like this this is what happened. Like Captain Marvel is always, already working with them. Mm-hmm. You're you, you, like. And, and that's part of that I didn't love initially because it's a lot of like speculation and, well, maybe they're working with Rocket now and maybe Rocket knows where the ship is and maybe he knows to t- tell Captain Marvel where they were. But I think
0: he she knew where Titan was. Yeah. And so therefore she would know the general area to be looking out for. Yeah. Um, and then Rocket would be able to tell her what the ship looked like. Yeah. I mean, there,
1: there was a couple kind of what ifs and speculation like mm-hmm. that that I didn't love upon for first viewing but I feel like watching it the second time I expected to have the same feelings and I'm like no this is this is what we need to do in order to get our players where they need to be and, yeah. that, and then we get that shock of five years later and that that, that screen is so slow and deliberate so painfully slow and uh, it it was so good <laughs> even the second time it's because you don't expect them to do 5 days or 5 weeks but you're thinking maybe it could only be 5 months later and then they yeah. do that like you, but you know as soon as they say 5 you're like this is going to be 5 fucking years later and we're going to see like nothing has changed yeah. and that um I wanted to point out one of my favorite scenes and I want to ask you about some of your favorite scenes mm-hmm. but I feel like this is more so than anyone's th- th- this film is so incredible and we're just going to keep gushing yeah. about it. So oh, if, absolutely. If, you, if you don't love us just gushing about this film, you can shut it off now. Cause it's the, not going to stop. The, yeah. But the, the it, so many people get a spotlight in this film, but mm-hmm. more so than anyone, it feels like Tony Stark and um, Cap and Tony's movie. Yes. And I feel like one of my favorite scenes and it's so small, but when they're on the ship, and they're going to this planet to confront uh Thanos for you know um because mm-hmm. they find out where he's at, yeah, and we see them going through the uh kind of wormholes the in deep yeah. space, and we see for a moment cap's eye, and we're seeing cap it's not his perspective, but we're seeing cap seeing this, this travel through space that yeah. he he's seen so much. In Mm -hmm. the MCU. Oh, yeah. But this has to be one of the most beautiful, terrifying, terrifying things he's ever seen. And to see him just unflinching but mesmerized by it, I loved that scene Mm -hmm. so much. Like, it was something so small, but to me, it was something almost as exciting as him wielding Mjolnir at the end of the film. (sighs) Which is just... Sorry if I stole your pick
0: but that's no, just no that's that's fine that's the <laughs> I mean the, the 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 sound in the theater the moment it that it lands in his hand <laughs> the the theater was deafening it was how so Loud, and we all like. I mean, cheering the the amount of cheering that we all <laughs> were doing throughout that movie, but in that moment especially, yeah, it was so loud that I didn't even catch that Thor says, "I knew it."
1: Yeah, whenever he cut, whenever he gets Mjolnir, it was incredible. Yep. No, it was. <laughs> but what are your, some of your favorite scenes from the film?
0: Um, I mean, obviously that that was a big one. Um, I for For me, it wasn't even about scenes; it was about moments yeah um even little things like when rocket and Nebula hold hands yeah. when when she gets back with tony uh before the five year later, like that little moment um than- the the stoicness of Thanos watching his death, yeah watching his future self get brutally murdered <laughs> and just knowing like and like the slow realization all the way up until finally fully realizing it right before that final battle started of okay we've gone from a guy who in a disturbingly noble way wants to destroy half the universe yeah. to a bloodthirstily desperate man who wants everything dead so he can recreate like a like he's God. Yeah. Like And that's I, I didn't love Thanos as much in
1: this as I did in Infinity War. And I think part of that's by design. Mm-hmm. But I do think it almost when when he has the moment when he's confronting Cap and Thor and, and uh and Tony at the end and He's saying, you know, he wants to destroy everything and uh, down to atoms and let mm-hmm. it rebuild. That does feel like the attitude of a younger, more malicious b- person. Yeah, um, and I do think, like, there is there is almost an immaturity in in that, and I, not mm-hmm. immaturity is not the right word, but there is a, more of a viciousness. Like he's more
0: calculated well, in Infinity War, and it seems like because he is older. But I even, I even think that it's literally, I think it literally just boils down to here is somebody who has watched his, his grand scheme Mm -hmm. that he has spent most of his life preparing to do. He has watched it, he has learned that it would succeed. Yeah. And that not only would no one be grateful, they would murder him for doing it. Yeah. And because he does not have, you know, a noble heart like a Captain America, or if you want to go for the symbolism of Jesus, yeah. instead of thinking, well, it's my cross. To, like, he knows the words to say yeah. to make it seem like he's okay with it. <laughs> but clearly, he does not believe, like, oh, this is my debt. You know, I will fall on the sword to achieve this good thing for everyone else yeah no for him it's no i want the glory like he wants the glory yeah he wants and it like and it also makes it it levels up that whole bit where he's just like i hope they'll remember you yeah that he says to tony and realizing just how much of an insult from him that is yeah um like this is somebody and it makes perfect sense now why he's got his buddy ebony ma that's like walking around constantly like like oh, just sire. like well not even just that but like all right this is who's doing this everyone yeah thanos this is thanos <laughs> We are the this children of Thanos. Thanos. This is Thanos. Kanye wishes he has a hi- had a hype guy <laughs> like Ma. Um, but it makes perfect sense now why <laughs> Thanos has a guy like that around because yeah. he, you know, his unclenching, intense, borderline psychotic ego. Yeah. So yeah, to have somebody find out that the world is not going to, you know, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna. Celebrate him, yeah, and like, I think at most if a part of him evolved from the from the first Guardians era him to Infinity War him, yeah, it's his acceptance of that, yeah. Because I do honestly think that the version of him that we had in Infinity War was okay with the possibility he would never get thanked. That's why he goes to be isolated on a farm, yeah, and that's why you know. The fact that literally they could have just walked into his cabin mm-hmm. and he probably would have offered them some food, yeah, and never once raised a fist to them. I yeah. bl- I truly believe that. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and I think he knew. I think, I think even if they had come in peacefully like that, he still would have known I'm about to die. Yeah, and I I, I think what
1: what you're saying now makes more sense because. Initially I did think the way he acts at the end of the film does betray the and that's destiny fulfilled when mm-hmm. he sees his death. Yeah. But to me when I was watching that initially until you get to the point at the end where you realize what what he wants to do and where he wants to kill everyone and break yeah. the universe down to atoms like I truly did think this is the this is the same Thanos that we saw in Infinity War. He's mm-hmm. matured. He understands that He was going to die on that planet, whether Mm -hmm. it was today, tomorrow, or years and years and years from now. Like, he's going to die there. He's Mm -hmm. not going to conquer anything else. He's not going to want for anything else. He destroyed the stones because the stones provided nothing but temptation.
0: Yeah, which legitimately is the second, like, the noblest thing anyone does in this movie. Is is Tony Stark sacrificing his life to yeah. save everyone? The second noblest thing is Thanos destroying the stones, <laughs> and that's the crazy thing: is yeah. the main villain yeah. has the second most noblest act in the whole film mm-hmm. by far. Yeah, um, I think. Um, I wonder now,
1: seeing Infinity War. You know, I've seen it probably three or four times mm-hmm. since it came out. Seeing Endgame now twice, the rewatchability of Endgame versus Infinity War versus, I mean, there there are obviously films in the MCU that are a bit more breezy, easier. It's easier to put on Thor Ragnarok and watch that for two hours than it is to watch Infinity War and get invested and have to cry at the end like I do every time. But like, <laughs> I wonder the rewatchability of Endgame, and I wonder how many times I will sit down and watch Endgame without devoting. Five and a half, six hours to watch Infinity War and
0: then Endgame. Well, here's the thing that I would find... That I think would be very interesting is you get a... Get, like, six people. Mm-hmm. Have, like, six friends. Each one picks, you know, Thor, Cap America, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Like, everyone picks one of the this original six Avengers. Yeah. Each one of you watches... From Iron Man to End to Endgame, the movies exclusively with your yeah. character in them, and only your, the ones with your character in them. So you know if you've got, you know if you've got <laughs> Hawkeye, you're not watching a bunch of Iron Man movies yeah. and Spider Man. So you're literally just watching, you know, starting with Thor, going to Endgame, watching the movies with Hawkeye in them. Yeah. So you can, you know, so that way you're kind of watching the fully realized journey. Yeah well that's I was also wondering that as well if you
1: what do you think would be the best trilogy to pick out of the MCU and I'm not talking Cap's trilogy or Tony or or, or Iron Man's trilogy but if you were to say that Infinity War and Endgame or your part two and part three what would you say is the best part one
0: because to me it's probably Civil War but that's a hard pick if I'm thinking about it, it pro- I mean it probably would be um, or it would be the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. It would be the first Avengers, or it would be yeah, that's good. Uh, Civil War. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the problem is unless it's literally like spelled out for you of like Iron Man one, Iron Man two, Iron Man <laughs> three. <laughs> Do you know which order to watch? She's in, you idiot. <laughs> um, I think, unless it's spelled out like that, I don't think it's simple. I don't think it's as simple to just be like, oh, you need the um, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. And I, honestly, I think, sidestepping from it, I think that was one of the most brilliant ways that the Russo brothers fucked with people for this movie. Yeah. Because they kept telling people, like, oh, these are the movies that you need to watch. You need to watch Civil War, Infinity War, and I think they mentioned. Like, one other. Yeah. They, I don't think they mentioned they the did not mention Avengers. The, they did not mention the first Guardians for a fact, and you need to see... And that's yeah. a key one. Yeah. So, like, that throws you off the trail pretty heavily, because mm-hmm. a lot of people were trying to dis- dissect the ones that they were focusing on. Yeah. The thing I still am trying to figure out... Well, they definitely didn't throw in Thor two. They definitely didn't say watch Thor the Dark World because that shit's gonna play into this. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing though: is Thor the Dark World really solves a? It really, it really solves one of the critical, quote unquote, plot holes. Because mm-hmm. people are always just like, "How did you know if you know in Infinity War Thor mentions the... Asgard is destroyed is why the star got attacked by Thanos, so that way they had to build him an Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, Like, just because he said that doesn't mean that's when it happened. Yeah. Don't forget, Loki's been running Asgard since Thor (laughs) to Dark World, and we even mentioned at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok that everything's gone into chaos because Asgard's not doing its job anymore. Yeah. So, and, you know, before Age of Ultron, when we see... Thanos with his own Infinity Gauntlet, we have the Dark World. Yeah. So it the timeline still fits perfect. Yeah. Um, and then like then people are always just like, well, then why did it take him so long? Infinity War they lit he literally mentions how Nebula almost succeeded in killing him. Yeah. Which I think also plays into the growth and development that separates Guardians thanos from infinity war thanos Mm -hmm. that that near-death experience and how it shaped his mind yeah um i think i think he understands that he has
1: to be more calculated going into the events of infinity war um one thing that i will say about endgame is people have been saying that you know clint hawkeye is kind of the heart and soul of of the Avengers mm-hmm. just because he is the family man he kind of has the most to lose
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: by the end of that by by the beginning of Endgame that's not true anymore cuz you know Tony has yeah. um his daughter and Pepper um, but I was I will say watching Endgame I actually went and watched went back and watched a MCU movie that I almost never go back and watch Age of Ultron Age of Ultron and you know what it yeah. actually improves that film it really does. I
0: well and that's um the Hulk's
1: loss of Natasha and Clint's loss of his family. Like mm-hmm. those are two of my biggest issues with Age of Ultron. Well, the, the, basically once we get to the farm, I feel like to me that movie screeches to a halt and I already have issues with that movie beforehand, but like seeing their relationships and what their relationships become by the middle or end of Mm Endgame, I'm actually, uh, like, I'm more invested in them in
0: Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. Well, and for me, like, anyone who has watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, anyone who has watched that series, in the final season, Mm -hmm. Xander, who's been there from the beginning, who's the only one who has nothing special about him. He is a normal guy surrounded by witches and super-powered people and all sorts of... St- and vampires. You know, everyone else has special abilities and powers and skills. He has nothing. Yeah. And it's cost him mm-hmm. not having anything special about him. And in the final season, he gives this kick-ass speech... That just shows you, like, he is the heart of this team. He is the one. He's the one that when they fall down, he, it's he, It's his job to get them back up. Yeah. And the speech that um, Hawkeye gives to Scarlet Witch in Age of Ultron is that speech. Gotcha. It's the, we're knocked down, let's get back up again. So it. It's not verbatim. Yeah. I mean, they're both Joss Whedon, but he didn't just, you know, play drives himself. <laughs> um, but it's that same principle of, like... The guy who's, you know, the person who they're, what they give to the, what they bring to the team is picking you up when you've fallen. Yeah. Um, And he has that with him. In terms of the Hulk-Black Widow relationship, I still have my theory, and I think I've mentioned this to you in the Mm -hmm. past. My theory to this day is still Fury assigned Natasha to essentially Honeypot Hulk. Yeah. To basically like romanticize him so that way she could have a little bit of control over him, so that way they could keep him around for when they needed him, yeah, and that that was like that was the entire crux of the relationship for her, and the moment that she pushes him to his death, yeah, in Ultron. like when she, they're in Ultron's lair and she pushes him to his death, yeah that look on his face falling backwards, that's the moment he realizes. She doesn't love me. Yeah. And during the whole battle, they just, you know, with his Hulk, you know, he and Hulk put it all together. They figure it all out. Yeah. And that's why he, and that's why he bails. And I, I think if you look at it with that mentality,
1: I don't 100% buy that, but I, I think it's an interesting perspective to have watching the films. And it also is interesting if you go back to, the original avengers because she is his very first tie to that team yeah her going to find him going to get him is the first interaction with any member of that team that he will have yeah and um yeah i do think that's an interesting perspective i I,
0: and i think i think it works stronger and i think it's why and i think then it also makes sense why it doesn't get addressed ever since then i mean we know the main reason why it never got addressed ever after that, is that everyone's attitude was, that was Joss's weird thing. Where yeah. we'd, we never, nobody <laughs> else signed on to that. That was his thing. It's his, yeah. that's his weird thing. But he's gone now, so whatever. Uh But in reality, like, they don't see each other again until everything's going crazy with Infinity War. Yeah. They have bigger fish to fry than you were playing me. Yeah. Like, they, well, I think his greeting
1: to natasha in that film is no more it's no different than his greeting to tony it's this is an old friend this is a this is my connection Hmm. i've been in fucking sakar for the last two or three years like this is my one of my true ties to earth like to to my home like yeah I don't care if you were playing me. I don't care if we were something like this. I just need a person who
0: is familiar and you know, yeah. feels like home. Exactly. But, yeah, I... see. So yeah, that's, that's always been the theory that made that work a little bit smoother for me. Yeah. Now, in regards to the end of this movie, um, I... I really didn't want I I really I hated the idea of Tony dying. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um and it doesn't make me think like, oh, fuck this movie, screw. It. I don't want. It. But it was it was one of those things beyond just the fact of how much I love the character where you know, I'm I'm a dad with a daughter. Kind of hard for me to watch a guy have to abandon his daughter by dying. Oh my god. It's a rough rough world to to sit me down in front of and say, swallow this. Yeah. Like we've said countless times
1: now, like we were in this fan screening. This was people who have, you know, been invested in in this story, in this world for so many years now. And losing Tony, I, I mean, I was. I was misty eyed at
0: at, at so many moments of this film. The last 20 minutes of this movie, you heard nothing but sniffling. It was, the theater was a wreck, myself included
1: and especially. Mm -hmm. When, as soon as Tony gets the gauntlet, I think you heard an audible like, you heard, fuck. You heard like
0: half the audience, at least half the audience was like excited. And then there was a small handful Just... of people that you could hear being like, "Oh God damn it!" Yeah, like they st- like some of us were excited, and <laughs> the hymn, the final hymn, "I and I Am Iron Man," yeah, snap, like that was the last moment until the credits that you really got a big whoop and applause. That was so incredible because basically from that moment on. It was just sadness. Yeah. and (laughs) It was nothing but sadness for the rest of the movie. I had two moments like that because as soon
1: as Tony figures out time travel, I had a sickening feeling like we're probably going to kill Tony because that's a really big deal. And to have someone—I mean, he's always been that intelligent. He mm-hmm. just hasn't tackled. that Well, he specific... created
0: a new element on the periodic table. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so what he I,
1: does. I should have had that worry since Iron Man too, I guess. But like, I just feel like when you give someone that much power in any sort, especially in this film, I felt like it was their demise. And I felt that way again when um, Steve wields Mjolnir for the first time. Because I was like, I was excited, but mm. I'm like, oh, and Cap's dead. Because like we can't make him that fucking OP and like let him live in this world anymore. Like when he can literally call down thunder, and like just hold his own with uh, with Thanos. Like mm. he's he's done. And then obviously the moment with uh, with Tony, I when I saw it again, like. I, as soon as he said I am Iron Man I was just tears again
0: yeah it's at that Damn. point you know like okay and like <laughs> I'm and I'm saying th- the whole time I'm saying they're just like well maybe like I mean maybe we'll see like the gauntlet like the Gaunt, like the the gauntlet part of his suit pops off, mm. and like you know, he's going to be very badly damaged, and maybe he's going to be in a coma now. But because I always kind of thought, like we put him in a coma, because then we could, yeah, we could get him out whenever we decided we wanted Tony <laughs> back. Um, you know, you, I not... think you were delving too much into soap opera territory when you I was. That. <laughs> I, no, I was delving too much into quiet desperation.
1: <laughs> I. That was, that to me was one of the most beautiful moments of this film was when Tony is talking to Pepper and he is asking her about composting. What's new in the world of composting? And he's not listening to what she's saying because then he goes, I figured it out, by the way. Yeah. So we're on the same page. What are we talking about? Time travel. I figured it out. Like when we get that and he goes, I can lock it in a box. I can throw it in the bottom of the ocean. Like, never dig it up. I'll go to bed. And she says, but can you rest? Would you rest? Yeah. And then we get that at the end of the film. That you can rest now, You can Tony. rest
0: now. We're okay. Like, that fucked me up. Not just you. That was the Dude. big moment where you just couldn't hear, like, half of the theater just like, I'm not crying. You're crying, you asshole. Shut up.
1: <laughs> ugly crying in that oh, theater. Oh, lots of ugly crying in that and theater. when... When we get the funeral, the funeral, I was, I was, I was getting back together. I was like, okay, I can live with this now. This is sad, but we're we're in a world. I've accepted it. I've mm-hmm. gone through the stages of grief already. Yeah, I, we can be in a world without Tony, and then we see Happy sitting down with Morgan, and she says, "I'm okay," and he goes, "What do you want?" And he, she goes, "Cheeseburgers," and Happy goes, "Your
0: dad liked cheeseburgers. I'm gonna get you all the cheeseburgers you want." I'm getting teary-eyed right now. Like, Well, and that was, for me, that was a great... As soon as she said that, for me, I started chuckling because it hadn't been too long since I watched the first Iron Man. Yeah. Where, when he gets back from captivity, what does he want? I want an American to, cheeseburger. He, <laughs> want a, he wants an American cheeseburger yeah. from Burger King. <laughs> Product
1: placement. Dude, oh, the most... Be- that worked out for burger king i mean <laughs> in the long run i mean
0: i mean dude. can you can you can you imagine in any in any other like franchise that wasn't sitting on yeah we're going to easily make over a billion dollars in yeah. this movie you know opening weekend <laughs> you know there would have been like as they're doing, like, the end, like, little moments for everyone mm-hmm. of, like, Thor and the Guardians taking on and stuff, you then would have cut to happy in the drive through at Burger King yeah. with the daughter, yeah. and it would have been, like, a real focus on Burger King <laughs> as a product placement. <laughs> It, it, but these guys at this point don't even have to do that. They're just like, no. yeah, everything's our own technology. Uh, we don't need any companies' product placements. We don't need your money. Yeah, we um we haven't started filming yet, and we've already grossed more than half of the movies that came out this year. <laughs> Fuck y'all. It's like that scene
1: just messed me up, and then you know a little bit later we get the. The incredible scene where with um, with Tony going back, or mm-hmm. sorry, with Cap going back to re- to return the stones, um, and to return Mjolnir, <laughs> and when I did, I don't think I caught it initially. I I understood when it was when it was him going back by himself. I'm like he's he's not coming back. The, this is, I always had a feeling he this going to do that. And in the I think the writers have come out and said like the. We've always wanted Cap to go back and have his dance. The end and he, the his
0: story end was always going to be him having a dance with Peggy.
1: And I think that's beautiful and I think it was I think it was great to finish it. Um It's the right know, way to finish it. Yes. It it was the right way to finish it, particularly in this film. Mm-hmm. And I, ca- I I don't know if I caught it on the first one or the second one, but um when he is I mean, you know one because it's him going by himself, but when he hugs Bucky and he go and Bucky says, I'm going to miss you. I mean, that's if you expect your friend to return in five seconds, you don't, say, I'm going to miss you. Um, but I thought, I thought it was really great for him and Bucky to have their goodbye before he left. And Bucky allowing Sam to have his goodbye to cap after he comes back. Yeah. Um, or, you know, when he's on the park bench as an old man. Yeah. And, uh, him passing the, the torch to Bucky or sorry, passing the torch to Falcon to Sam. Mm-hmm. Um I think it it
0: was just great. It a was great fantastic way to, to, to end the movie. And I mean it's a real testament to how well they've done these characters, both mm-hmm. writers, directors, producers, and especially the actors. Yeah. I haven't really like there are people that like from a comic book standpoint, the winter soldier becoming yeah, Captain America, but nobody's really questioning why did he give it to Sam? Yeah, People know, like they understand, they get it, it makes sense. Yeah, I think I would have loved for him to give it to Bucky
1: or to Sam. I think you can make an argument for giving it to Bucky. You cannot make an argument against giving it to Sam. I think mm-hmm. both of them deserve it um, basically
0: equally. They both have earned it. Um, another but, one of my favorite, moments. but he also knows this friend, but Capor also knows that his friend is ready to rest. Yeah, his friend is ready to rest and stop the fighting and stop the. You know, he was. Li- I think, I think Winter Soldier will show up in Black Panther two. Mm-hmm. I think he'll show up in it to lend a hand because that's probably going to be. He might not live there permanently. Yeah. but I think he's always going to have a little getaway space there.
1: Yeah, and um, I did like you know. That's one of the things they shied away with in, in Black Panther. Like they they had Bucky in the end credits scene, um, you know, to, to be the white wolf, mm-hmm. but they didn't have him in the film because if you save him till the end and he kind of helps them win the battle, it becomes like a white savior movie and that's exactly. not a good look. Yeah. Um but I I do think I I do think it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to be in Black Panther too. And we set up in this in Endgame that it could possibly be uh, submariner. Yep. Um yep. you know, with the earthquake under the ocean. So excited. That was that was awesome. That well, made me so happy. And they know the writers of these films know like fans are gonna be looking out for this. So yep. if we mention it now, we can be planting the seeds and the writers of Black Panther can touch that or they can wait for three films and they can touch it ten, you know, five, six years later.
0: We have huh Sorry, we've been waiting (laughs) for since Iron Man Two. Yeah, because we got our first reference to Namor in Iron Man Two, and Mm -hmm. we've been waiting ever since then for him for Namor to show up. I think Namor, I think Namor might be the last Marvel superhero that I really want to see show up in the MCU that hasn't yet, Mm -hmm. Um, because pretty much all the uh, every anyone else we've gotten at this point and they've said that they're working on him. So I'm really hoping for, for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean the end, the, this whole movie just flowed perfectly to me. Yeah. Um, you know it, how it ended worked great. um, you know, and the nice thing is because, you know, this wasn't like Return of the King where it's 100% done and done and done. Yeah. You know, we didn't have to give Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, yeah. you know, Falcon, Winters, a bunch of these characters, we didn't have to give them finales. Yeah. You know, we really only had to wrap up Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. That's it. That's all we had to wrap up. Yeah. Hulk is not necessarily done. There's rumors that, um, that there's been a pitched Thor 4. Mm-hmm. So that could happen. Yeah. Um, well, I think
1: a Thor movie that is much like Mad Max Fury Road is not a Mad Max film, it's a Furiosa film. I feel like a Thor 4 that is dropped as Thor 4, that is a Valkyrie movie, is much more interesting.
0: I know, I, abs- I, I don't disagree. I think it would be great to see. Regardless of what they do with Thor in the future, because I Thor and Hulk, I could easily see either one, I can easily see both of them randomly showing up in movies throughout phase four, if not th- phase five, yeah, before finally being 100% put to bed. Yeah. I think, I honestly think Hulk has the longer lifespan. I could see, you know, I could see us doing Thor 4 making it mainly about Valkyrie. Yeah. And at the very end, Thor does some, whether it's Thor does something that gets him killed Mm -hmm. or just decides to fully 100% hang it up because he's finally found what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, You know, some sort of passing the mantle thing is done. And then from then on out, we get Valkyrie movies. Yeah. I can easily see that happening. And I think that's why
1: we've spent now... Like over an hour talking about Endgame, and we haven't even touched like we talked about Fat, Fat Thor more as reference to Fat Vin Diesel than we talked about Fat Thor in this movie. Mm-hmm. Fat Thor in this movie is so great. Paul Rudd is used as a uh, just as a precision tool. Oh like yes, his comedy is used so perfectly in this film. I think there there is so many characters that we can overlook because. Like there there are callbacks in this movie to Ant-Man and the Wasp. And like not that that's mm-hmm. crazy, but when Wasp, uh, Hope says we're on a cap, and then Paul looks Paul Rudd looks to her because she gave him shit for calling Captain America Cap and yep. Ant Man and the Wasp. Like moments like that is so great. And it's a throwaway if you didn't see it. But Ant-Man it's and the also Wasp.
0: nice because it's basically the two of them. Seeing each other—that's thats that's them having a moment after she's come back from being snapped. Um, There's there's so much richness with the vast amount of characters, Mm -hmm. and it's for me the like the promise without really promising it that happened with that big final epic battle. Yeah, and I mean we got what I've been dying for, which is the the double page. Yeah, heroes. All running into battle shot yeah. that I've been wanting for years now. Well, this is, um, but uh, even on top of all of that, we got um, we as a result we ended up with I think a little bit of a promise of like, yes, you're about to see some of your characters leave. Mm-hmm. But look how big this universe has gotten. Yeah. And it's only going to get bigger. Like, don't think just because these guys are leaving, things are going to stop being epic. Yeah. Things are going to stay big. Things are going to stay epic.
1: So this uh, brings me to a point that my friend had made. He was talking to one of his friends about Endgame. And this guy had said that, like, I think I'm done with superhero movies. I'm not going to. I'm just done because this is, like, the best thing ever. And to me, that's, like, the stupidest fucking thing I could hear from someone. Like, not believe you me, I do not think we are going to see a film of this magnitude that gives so many people such an emotional response mm-hmm. for years and years and years to come. Until they can do something, Until and I think it's going to be the MCU again that blows this film out of the water or, or meets this, the expectation that this set...
0: We're not going to have this experience. But until they let me come in and fix the DC universe, um, <laughs> or just DC in general, um, that's not going to. I mean, well, when, when your biggest news in the DC universe is, we cast Polka Dot Man! <laughs> well, okay, think... guys, go back to your table over there. <laughs> Finish your soup. Well, I think if that's your attitude,
1: like you would have stopped watching superhero movies when they made superman in 78 well i think you would stop whenever they made batman in 89 well i don't even and then you would have stopped
0: when they made you know the first x-men or the first spider-man and then i feel like you stop watching superhero movies when you see one that's so bad (laughs) and it just makes you go i'm out i'm I'm done if you had that if you had that mentality
1: you would go you would watch Avengers and you would go, "Wow, six heroes on screen at once! This yeah. could never get any better." And then you watch Iron Man three and you go, uh, yeah, this didn't, "Yeah, this ward of Iron Man armor. Yeah, this like this doesn't meet expectations." And then you would see Thor: The Dark World and you go, "I was right. I'm never going to watch a superhero <laughs> movie again." But like, the, I I just I can't wait to see what the future holds. And do I think anything's going to be as Incredible as Endgame was opening night,
0: no, not for a really long time. But I think, like, if anyone can do it, the MCU can do it. I think there's going to be anticipation for things like when we, whenever we do finally get the MCU X Men, Uh the anticipation for that movie and the fun of that audience for the opening night of that movie, as long as they, as long as we continue to be able to trust MCU with their casting of their cast and crew you know we'll get something from that that we'll be able to to really enjoy but those are going to be like the little bits and pieces we're going to get to a point here I'd say in the next 5 years I will not be shocked if we've said goodbye to saying hello yeah for lack of a better way to yeah. put it in the MCU like the it'll there will be at a point where they're like okay we don't have anything new yeah. To bring in, except for character like C and D level grade characters that you guys don't even know, yeah. and you're not going to get that excited for the character. You might get excited because you like the actor playing it or yeah. the director, but you're not going to, we're not, we don't have any more characters that the character is something you can get excited for. Yeah. And I think
1: something that points to that is when they did Guardians of the Galaxy, so much of that was and a relative unknown to mainstream mm-hmm. audiences. Oh yeah. But we fell in love with those characters. And I think they're kind of trying to do it again with the Eternals. And I wonder how much I, I like the couple cat, you know, casting rumors that they have floating around, but I wonder whether or not the Eternals is going to work out the way they want it to. And if, if it doesn't work out in their favor, they you know the ship may have sailed on taking these super obscure characters and trying to make them into something you love
0: well and i think i think there's a lot of different factors because like guardians we had to bring in guardians because they were the introduction to the cosmic yeah they were broadening this they were delving deeper into the the story of thanos yeah you know they were a way to have access to more infinity Stone, like they they were core. Mm-hmm. There there is no journey to endgame yeah. from Iron Man without Guardians. Yeah. Those two movies alone. Mm-hmm. Hell, even just the first movie alone is mm-hmm. one of the most quintessential movies to the Infinity Wars yeah. and to, to the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what a lot of people are going to do is they're going to pay a lot of close attention to the Eternals yeah. because people are going to be looking for clues. It's like, like guardians where this is really going to like, are we going to, you know, are they going to be hanging out and all of a sudden silver surfer is just going to yeah. sit down beside them and start talking <laughs> to them. You know, are they going to turn around and see Galactus eating a plant? Like, yeah. Are they going to, you know, are they going to turn around and see Modok and we all have to go, Oh my God. God, really? <laughs> um, no, they're already doing something with Modoc. That's the um, Hulu, adult, the, yeah, yeah,
1: adult animation ones.
0: Yeah, you know, and we're getting—they just announced that we're getting a live-action Ghost Rider series on Hulu with the guy who played him really? on Agents of Shield, which is fantastic because that Ghost Rider was amazing. Well, that'll allow me to watch the Ghost Rider episodes that I wanted to watch so badly without having to
1: watch Shield. So there you go. <laughs> So the last thing I wanted to kind of talk about, and this doesn't have to be the last thing, but one thing that I wanted to say to you, I texted you and I said, I'm going to be so irrationally angry when we record. Why can no one else get their shit together if the MCU can pull off something so big? And I'm not saying that this was easy. If this was easy, everyone would do it but when you look to star wars and and we're going to compare star wars and and MCU because it is why can't you be more like your brother they are yeah, literally living in the same house they are now like
0: yeah they their father is mickey mouse looking at them shaming <laughs> star wars for not being as good a kid like also by the way side note loved the fact that the star wars trailer played in our theater and i think as a mixture of one the underwhelming response the the, the response of being completely underwhelmed by people yeah. and the fact that people were sick of trailers it got the little polite golf clap from like <laughs> a third of the audience yeah. max third of the audience max is just like and Todd just goes why yeah i immediately just <laughs> I was like why 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 are you clapping stop that
1: so self-respect like, I do not understand. as soon as the MCU is done with a director, even a subpar director, why isn't Star Wars going? Can we use them now? Can we use them now? Any any director, writer, actor they kill
0: off? like Star Wars, it's it comes down to one simple thing. Kathleen Kennedy has Mm -hmm. been open and honest about the fact that she is not a star Wars fan and does not give a shit. And yet she is the one she is there. The star Wars, Kevin Feige Mm -hmm. and she could not care less. Yeah. You can go on YouTube and you can watch videos where she's just like, I liked star Wars when I, because I was in film school and you were supposed to like star Wars (laughs) and you listen to it and you're just like, I want to punch you in your ovaries. (laughs) So hard. <laughs> I just... You need... Like... You need someone to come up and just punch you right in the tit. That's... <laughs> like, you are so smug and think of yourself yeah. so much above what you're doing. Let me clarify. That wasn't
1: an anti-feminine comment. Anti-f- anti-female comment. Because one of the best parts of Endgame is when all of the female characters... <sighs> drop
0: down and oh, go, she's not alone. A callback to that, the Infinity War scene. That moment... That was the moment I almost stood up. Yeah. This, it got me so jazzed. So, let me again
1: say why I'm so fucking irrationally angry. Because people kind of point that scene and like, oh, isn't it hokey that all the female characters do that? No, because the MCU for years and years have had moments where all of the male characters can can you know come down in a fight yeah. because there's only two female characters yeah either way dc you had the potential to do something different to learn from the mistakes of phase 1 marvel because they were all just white dudes you like they could have done something different they could have capitalized on Hey, there's
0: not as much diversity hey, in MCU. Hey,
1: Come here for the diversity. They
0: did. <laughs> they showed like 20% of a black guy for one of their heroes. <laughs> it's just, I don't, I don't understand.
1: And like, there are things in, in DC that I wish there was a show. And I think there will be a show on Disney Plus where... It shows the heroes and they're not always fighting. A lot of people shit on Teen Titans Go. But I like Teen Titans Go because I can show it to my kid who is just a couple years old. Mm -hmm. But I can go, these are some of my favorite comic book characters. And a lot of times they are fighting. But a lot of times they're fucking eating pie. like. And I can go, these are characters that I can introduce you to. Mm -hmm. And it's not violence. And it's not, you know... It's it's nothing that I have to shield
0: you against right now. See, I'm I'm a terrible father and <laughs> I definitely had I I definitely brought my my daughter who's yeah, she's not even 2 yet. <laughs> and I'm bringing her downstairs from her nap and I've been watching Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So, I bring her down, set her down, and she turns to look at the TV. Right when it's a full like close up shot of the Hulk angrily screaming in <laughs> anger at the end of the movie, but my kid, her cre- my kid looks at that, no expression, and then starts talking to herself in her like <laughs> baby talk as she goes off to find whatever toy she feels like. But, like basically looked and was like. By Felicia. And, went, and then went to what she wanted to do. And it was one of those things where it's like, I can literally put anything on in front of this kid and it yeah. doesn't phase her. Like ever since she got over her fear of Big Bird. It doesn't matter what I put on the T V. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. She'll she'll watch it if it interest, interests her, and if it doesn't, she'll walk away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that like my kid is getting to the age getting to be the age where he understands more and more what's happening on screen. So if two characters are fighting, he goes Oh, I could throw my fist really hard at stuff and it it you know, it hurts. Like and I don't want him to reenact that. And like we're not always watching Teen Titans go, but it's something that I can introduce him mm-hmm. to and and the MCU doesn't have that yet, and Marvel doesn't really have that yet. Um, but I think they would like DC Star Wars, they're giving they're doing nothing but giving the MCU hey, hey, a hey. chance. Don't forget the dark universe. <laughs>
0: They're just uh, giving is the that, are they even bothering with that anymore? Is that no. is that dead no, dead or is that's... that just kinda dead? <laughs> Your mom's gone. Really gone.
1: And we got a bunch of people who are kinda just kinda gone. Such a great line from Rocket. Like they're just giving the MCU the chance to catch up on every single front. And when yep. the MCU can have a moment where they have six seven strong female heroes on screen Mm. all together all charging in at once oh yeah like and there probably was more than seven i'm just throwing out a number like it was fucking awesome oh it's fantastic and i like this battle scene we're in a we're in this year now where uh game of thrones is in its last season and they have Mm -hmm. this incredible stat that it's like the longest battle scene ever recorded in cinema history why yes I don't give a shit about this. If I don't care,
0: like... Here's how you know Game of Thrones failed. (laughs) That they are failures. That they are complete, pathetic, little, sad, failure fucks. (laughs) This is from somebody who read the books and went, Why would you ever consider a TV show there's, like, one and a half good books in these five boring-ass fucking books? (laughs) Um, Digressing. Go ahead. Go online. Mm Mm-hmm. And see all of the people making 50 million different references to 50 million different things about Avengers Endgame. Yeah. You know, all the people that are putting Love You 3000, all the people that are making references to Black Widow, that are making references to Cap Holding Mjolnir. There's a million things that people are talking about with Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Game of Thrones? I couldn't see it (laughs) because it was so dark. Yeah and oh my god um we were going to have finally have this big battle big showdown and then Arya showed up and killed the <laughs> witch king so the big showdown that we've been anticipating the yeah. entire episode didn't happen yeah it literally two things and one of them is a complaint about their inability to light yeah. this very expensive tv show <laughs> and then and then it's second place Mm-hmm. In Game of Thrones history for viewership. Second fucking place. That's insane. You yeah. are three episodes away from the finish line of your TV series. You've got the big, gigantic battle that... How you still are going to have three hours of content after <laughs> that is beyond me. Yeah, But for you to... like Literally, if Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. had come out and the Sunday numbers came in and they said that it was... That it did like even ten million less than Infinity War, yeah. This movie would be seen as a failure, yeah. Uh, People, people would just be like, okay, how how this like it would be viewed as a failure. Infinity War would be viewed as a failure. Like there, it would be the most painful thing. Mm -hmm. Credibility and like credibility wise, it would be would have been the most painful thing. Or the MCU. Yeah. If this film did not, was not there, did not do so damn well. Yeah.
1: And I think they, there were so many factors going into this. And we could talk all day about why this film was so successful and mm-hmm. how many, how, how much people are invested in this story and in this world yeah. and in the MCU. But like, there's, there's so many factors. The fact that. Infinity War performed as well as it did it's you mm-hmm. know, the th- third highest grossing film of all time or something like that I can't keep track of like, the box office stats that they push out it. you also and I was thinking about this the other day you have so many people so invested in this and everyone went out to the theaters to see it everyone yeah. went out to the theaters to see Infinity War many, many people multiple times you have you released it Basically, four or five months ago now, on the number one streaming platform of the world, it was released on Christmas Day mm-hmm. on Netflix. And yeah. say what you want about Netflix, good, bad, and indifferent, like it is in the home of so many people. So, even people who didn't see Infinity yep. War in theaters, a lot of them saw it on, on Netflix. And I know two or three people that that's how they watched it. There's, you had. You just increased your install base just so much more every time. Yep. And there's no way this film wasn't going to do fucking bonkers numbers. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it deserves every bit of the success that it had. Um, I agree. It was the way to do a battle sequence. Like, I'm not a person who... I know the Hobbit films like get a lot of hate. Yeah. And I feel like... I feel like there is a really, really good two-and-a-half, three-hour movie in six hours of The Hobbit.
0: I think there's a good two-part movie that has been screwed over by one studio not having its financials together and one studio not being able to keep their mouth shut and (laughs) interfering with the movie. I think it literally boils down to that because, as a a complete side note, read the river sequence, the river barrel sequence in the book The Hobbit and tell me that that's exactly how you want it to play out. Tell me, after all the bitching people have about Trade Federation stuff in the Star Wars prequels, I dare you to tell me that you want an even five-minute sequence about the complexities of elf (laughs) and human trade policies. Do it. I fucking dare you.
1: (laughs) Well, like... This is this battle sequence was the way you should have done Battle of Five Armies. Battle of Five Armies shouldn't have been a movie; it should have been a thirty-minute sequence with characters that they established that you cared about. Mm-hmm. This is, and like we've said before about Star Wars fans, like I feel really fucking bad for Star Wars fans because all I wanted as a fan of the MCU was to see Tony and and, and Cap together again, yeah. and I got that in the first five minutes of this movie, yep. and.
0: We got it and then they spun it on us yeah. and they started fighting again. Which I love. You know, you know and it made sense. What I thought was so brilliant. Tony's attitude
1: towards Cap, where we're the Avengers, right? We're the Avengers. We're not the prevengers. Mm-hmm. This was the PTSD I needed in Iron Man three. If this was his attitude through Iron Man Three, Iron Man Three would be a far
0: superior film see i still really like iron man 3 i I don't hate it i I just think it would the the defense i have for him in iron man 3 is there's not a lot going on to remind him of almost dying in space Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah there's not a lot there's not a lot there to get him there well like getting back to to what i was saying about star wars
1: like you're not going to have your original three getting back together and you are definitely not going to have a scene like this. You are not going to have a final battle like this in whatever
0: the final battle is in the last episode, you know, episode nine. You like, you couldn't even tell anyone what the stakes are because they literally. Yeah. I mean, all sorts of rants could be done about just how much of a fucking train wreck Star Wars has become. Um, But Yeah, Star Wars will never have the satisfying conclusion that this had. Yeah. It just won't. And because you get people all the time, you get people right now that are just like, oh, this is what this is made. Can you imagine what Episode Nine is going to make? Yeah, less. Yeah. But I think this whole story is going to be told in the Mm pre-sales for Star Wars. I don't think anybody is really making an effort to go see that movie that isn't going to buy their tickets ahead of time. Yeah. You know, I still, (laughs) I, I I made it to the temper tantrum scene with Emo Ren in episode seven. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I'm into the new trilogy. (laughs) That was as far as I needed to go to know they didn't have their shit together. Yeah. Um, And I know everything that happens. And at some point here, like. I have the I've a digital copy of episode 7 and episode eight's on um Netflix. Netflix. And so it'd be easy enough for me to really quick watch them. At least in theory it'd be painful, but it'd be easy. <laughs> um accessible but painful. Um but yeah, I mean we could easily do a whole episode where we mm-hmm. try to fix the the d c films we could probably do an entire episode where it's just us trying to fix Star Wars, yeah, and who knows maybe that will be a future you know <laughs> we we keep talking about doing some bank episodes because again, we've got kids, we've got yeah. jobs that won't let us go home half the time, um so we occasionally talk about banked episodes, so maybe yeah. that'll be what our banked episodes are, us saving <laughs> these franchises from themselves,
1: yeah well the, the... Endgame. To is there any other thoughts that you have about it? I mean,
0: Endgame. It's a it's a multiple viewing. Yeah, you know, it's you don't see. This is not the kind of movie that you see once. This this is the sort of movie. It's not about whether or not you like it or not. Yeah, it is a cultural. It is a it is a permanent staple. Yeah, of Americana. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. I don't while I don't think that the movie is going to get anything extra or special in the realm of award season recognition. Yeah. It won't. I would not be surprised if Kevin Feige was given an honorary Oscar at the next Oscars for what he's done. Yeah. By creating this franchise. Yeah. I would not be shocked in the slightest. To see that happen. Um, yeah, I'm not like the We're we're not like the Harry Potter people where the la the, the third the or the eighth Harry Potter came out and they are just like, it deserves all it should get nominated in every category. <laughs> every category. <laughs> it's not a franchise about whiny teenagers. I think <laughs> I fucking hate Harry Potter. I mean... <laughs> I fucking hate it.
1: Endgame is an incredible film. I walked into it, you know. I I expected to love it, and I worried a little bit that it might feel a little bit like the original Halloween two, where you don't watch Halloween two unless you watch Halloween one. And I, mm. I didn't, you know, didn't know necessarily if you would be able or want to watch this film without watching Infinity War right before it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just it exceeded every expectation. Um, any grapes that I have with the film are nitpicks. Yeah. Um, agreed. It's yeah. It's a wonderful conclusion to
0: the MCU thus far. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what else have you been up to? Yeah, <laughs> not much. Um, yeah, there no, there, rest- there really hasn't been a lot. Um, you know, stepping away from the film, there hasn't been a lot of movie news going on. Uh, obviously, um, passing of john singleton has been mm-hmm. a sad thing to hear about if you get a chance to to watch his filmography i highly recommend it um he he's he's definitely an unsung unsung hero in a um in a world of film that that he start you know there wouldn't be you know friday there wouldn't be bar, like there would not be an entire realm of films that represent not just a race of people but a culture within them yeah uh without without his work um so it's it's a real shame to have seen his passing um yeah it's
1: be- kind it's it's kind of c- cynical to like just want to go back and, and watch someone's filmography because they passed away, but
0: it does have, give you a chance to bring it to light and and go back and... It's not that you shouldn't have watched those movies in the first place, yeah. but it's a moment... Because I, I definitely know when, um, when I was in college and uh, Leslie Nielsen died, mm-hmm. I was the only person in my dorm room who even knew who he was. Yeah. And I went to a film school... <laughs> So I sat them all down and I was like, we're going to watch Naked Gun and you're all going to understand why today is a very, very bad day. Yeah. Um, So unfortunately, it's it's the unfortunate reality of the passing of someone. I like to view watching someone's work after they pass to me as a reminder that their work stands the test of time. It transcends it. Yeah. You know, his movies are going to go past, you know... If it's not already, Boys in the Hood will be in the National Film Registry. Yeah. Uh, It will be in there to, to represent an aspect of American life and history. Yeah. And
1: this is, like you said, you know, watching something after someone has passed who is involved in the film, be it writer, director, cast, like this is how they are immortalized. This is how their legacy is kept alive and how they carry on. Um, So definitely I look to see some of his filmography. Um, This week I started delving into more Terry Gilliam. Um, We talked, I watched time bandits which I really enjoyed, and I feel like I would have enjoyed more if I had watched it initially when I was like plus or minus a couple years, around 10 years old. I would have started with lasers. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> um, but definitely I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, Brazil a lot more. Um, like I said to you, I had to watch Brazil over two days, and I was kind of exhausted the in the evening when I was watching it. Um, definitely I wish I had watched it. Once all the way through um, to be invested in that world a little bit more because mm-hmm. um, it's a fascinating world that Terry Gilliam produced
0: for for that film. It's it's insane. The, my one of my favorite shots that's jarring, but in all the right ways is when Robert De Niro zip mm. lines out when he zip <laughs> lines out. There's something so jarring yeah. about that shot that yeah. you can't put your finger on. And it's great. Um yeah, I keep pressuring this guy to watch more and more, um, Terry Gilliam. I did believe, I do believe I noticed that the original 12 Monkeys movie starring Brad Pitt, mm. Madeline Stowe, and um, Bruce... Did I say Bruce Willis or Brad Pitt? They're both said, in the movie, yeah, but I can't Brad remember Pitt, the actually, order. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bruce Willis is the lead. Brad Brad Pitt's there. Um, No, he gives a good performance. He's a good character actor. That's what he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where he's the most fun to watch. I love watching Brad Pitt when he's doing character work. No question. (laughs) Um, But that's available on Hulu. Okay. So yeah, definitely recommend that people really there isn't a single one of his movies I don't recommend. Like I can literally look over to my DVD shelf and I can see my copy of the zero theorem, Mm -hmm. which none of you watched. Damn it. (laughs) But you should, because it's Christoph Waltz playing something different than his normal Quentin Tarantino role. And it's fantastic. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, no, we're going to keep diving through Terry Gilliam's
1: filmography. Um, Adventures of Baron Munchausen is on uh, Criterion. Yep. Um if you haven't signed up for the Criterion service, it allows you to do a fourteen day free trial and I think it's ten ninety nine a month after the fact, which is pricey for a streaming service, you know, that is kind of limited right now. It's not on a ton of platforms. It's on your phone, it's on your laptop, but it's not on Gaming systems, which is you know what I I use my PS4 mm-hmm. ordinarily for Hulu and Amazon and all that. Um, I do think it's going to get more robust. I do think it's going to have more features and be on more platforms. Yeah, it's later. just
0: it just but, debuted. So yeah. can you imagine if they're paying us for all the the ad time that we give them? Oh on nice. this yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> But definitely, I would advise people to um,
1: jump on the fourteen day free trial. We may talk about some films on there. We may have a discussion of Terry
0: Gilliam's. So. I'm waiting until I know that I have a good stretch of time where I'll actually be able to get use be- use yeah. of it before you. You had just had like a little staycation, yeah. So you had it was a great time for you to <laughs> use that. I have not had that sort of luxury, so yeah. Um, other than that, there's not too much I've been watching. Um, yeah, for myself, um, not to keep shitting on DC, but I couldn't stay awake watching the pilot of Gotham. Cause I wanted to give that another <laughs> try, and that failed miserably. Um beyond that I'm working on just uh rewatching Eureka. Mm-hmm. Great show, sci-fi channel series that uh they have on Amazon Prime. If you never watched it, give it a watch. It's it's fun, it's silly. It's you know, if you're if you're somebody who enjoyed the show psych like I like I do, yeah. uh it's right up your alley. You know, it's psych meets big bang theory, I think is the best way to put it. Okay. Just cause it's The whole concept is Guy becomes sheriff of a town where the U.S. government stores all of the smartest people. Okay. So it's him dealing with procedural, but it's like somebody developed some sort of machine that could destroy the world. Yeah. And he has to find them because they accidentally turned themselves invisible or something like that. (laughs) It's things like that that... Are better than what I make them sound like they are. Yeah, but I got five seasons. It's a fun show. It's a quick. It's a quick, quick study. Um. So yeah, don't forget, guys. Uh, we are. You know, we have our email address, uh, moviesafterwork at gmail dot com. We've got our Twitter handle at movies work. Uh, we do have our Facebook page as well. Make sure that you guys are uh, following us, uh, keeping an eye on any new information that we might have, we'll try to keep you posted on, continue to keep you posted on upcoming movies that we're going to be watching and covering. Um, Please you know, feel free to suggest any movies. Yeah. Suggest some movies. Uh, if you, if you are annoyed that we left something out in our discussion with Endgame today, if you think, you know, if there's something wrong, if in fact you also noticed that Howard, the duck is in the movie <laughs> um, by all means, I want on that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, just you know, follow us on there. You know, be sending us your ideas, your thoughts, your wants, your uh, your your best ideas for movies. We can be gluttons for punishment. Yeah, um, we've we've got a couple of movies that we've that we've looked at that are uh, they're not going to be good. No. <laughs> and then we've got a couple of them that <laughs> that we really like. So, but I we. Mean, we enjoy doing both. We enjoy doing the movies that we really like watching, and we enjoy the movies that make us want to kill ourselves.
1: Yeah, no, I was happy to gush about Endgame. And we still got to shit on DC and Star Wars, so... Yeah,
0: we got a, um And we started with uh, shitting on Will Smith. <laughs> not even Gemini Man, <laughs> Will Smith. That was really what we were just on. We're, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, no, so. we're
1: cynics at heart. We
0: love we love very few things very passionately. I, when it boils down to it, I am an asshole. It's, <laughs> and I just kind of... I've embraced the that aspect of myself I still manage to get married and have a kid so (laughs) I can be an asshole you can be an asshole and life can work out relatively well that whole bit is going to be hysterical once I get divorced (laughs) (laughs) when I inevitably get when she inevitably leaves me (laughs) and takes the kid and I'm not allowed to see either one of them that whole bit is going to (laughs) be the funniest shit you've ever heard oh yeah
1: no, when we're
0: (laughs) You know, when
1: we're still doing this years later, I'll cut
0: that out and <laughs> clip that out and just put it right there. You're gonna—that's gonna be the intro. <laughs> it's gonna be the—it's gonna be the intro, and then it's gonna cut into like, it's gonna cut from that into the curtain. It's just me like, hi, <laughs> because everyone keeps asking. It's been twenty weeks <laughs> since I've seen my daughter. Oh, man, it's getting dark. We got the new, the new restraining order should be coming in anytime now. Anyway, let's talk about this week's movie. Oh, no, we just had such a good Care show. Care Bears the movie. It's getting so dark. <laughs> hey, Avengers Endgame ended a little dark. Our podcast is ending a little dark. It's like we know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. it's yeah, crazy. But, yeah. Um, remember to follow us... Uh, Give us your suggestions, give us your thoughts, give us any uh, compliments, criticisms, um, any corrections, um, any requests for us to stop getting really dark and depressing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys next week with a new movie to uh, make sure that you watch after work. So this is Thomas Green. This is Alex. You guys have a good one. Thank you guys. Bye
1: bye.